0: All right, how's it going, everybody? My name is Mike. I'm Cody. And we are the Turntable Teachers. Classes in session. All right, so on our agenda for today, we're going to just quickly introduce each other, why we're here, why we're doing this podcast for you guys, what kind of content we're going to be giving. We're going to do our first review, album review, on Anderson Pack's Oxnard. And then we will finish this with some recommendations uh, for the week. So I'm Mike. I'm from Boston, um, grew up here i'm an english teacher and a basketball coach uh, we're actually both teachers and coaches cody will tell his little spiel about that in a minute so of course i'm an english teacher i've always had a passion for poetry and literature um, and music as well you know really into lyricism and rap as it pertains to you know poetry you know figurative language double r tendres in terms of my fandom with music um, i'm mainly a rap fan but i've been a fan of all different types of music whether it be Alternative rock, r and b soul, jazz house. Um, I love a great variety. I think it's important to have a variety in your music uh, taste. And uh, yeah. So
1: I'm Cody. Um, I've had a passion for music for basically as long as I can remember. I picked up a viola in like third grade when everyone was told that they had to learn an instruments, and that kind of set me on the path I'm on today. Eventually, I turned into guitar, which led to a lot of rock music, which is where I kind of draw most of my background from. Um, and that's actually kind of what's turned me into the music nerd I am today, because I missed out on a lot of music just by pigeonholing myself into like post-rock and some hardcore music. And now it's like I'm finding out about all this stuff for the first time, so I have to kind of listen and digest as much as possible. So definitely have a more rock background, but as of lately it's been a lot more into the R&B, the hip hop, and
0: uh, just basically anything that's new and current that I can can get my hands on. So for this channel, uh, a couple of the things that we're gonna be doing over the course of our little stint here. Gonna give you guys some album reviews, all right? Mm -hmm. So albums that we think you should go check out, or not, depending on our view on it. We're gonna be giving you guys some recommendations um, what to listen to, if you, you're you into certain artists, uh, where you should go to see uh, similar music. Um, we will also be providing Apple and Spotify playlists for, for what any song and uh, album we do talk about on this channel. And any of those you'll be
1: able to find on Apple Music, Spotify. We're going to title them after the episode of the podcast. So if you hear a song or we're talking about a song in episode 1, 2, 100, I mean, it might be a little... Uh, ambitious to say that right now but but you can find that podcast title you can go right to that number find those tracks that you want to find
0: um yep we will also be doing um some segments on formative albums uh, later on in the future so you know what did we grow listen to growing up we will be doing uh for the actually especially for the end of the year so make sure to come back and check these out Um, we're going to have top 10 album of the year lists along with top 25 songs of the year Hopefully stuff that you guys
1: will find entertaining, obviously open for ideas, but uh, yeah, definitely have a lot of good content that we can throw at you guys. For today's podcast, we're uh, going to be reviewing an artist that both of us have uh, a pretty good background with. California native Anderson Pack. he's a rapper, singer, songwriter, drummer, instrumentalist, charisma machine, best teeth in the game, guys kind of all around everything. You can't really go wrong with uh, with Anderson Pack. We both kind of had our introduction to him on Dre's Compton album. I don't think I actually really recognized him at first.
0: Um, I actually, to be honest with you, Cody, I'm glad you brought that up. I really didn't care for him too much on that Compton album when it came out. I didn't really. I thought some of his cadences and vocal inflections uh, were a little tough to sort of get on, you know, the train with. But um, he grew on me a little bit. I don't know about you. Oh, absolutely. I didn't really fit like or feel like his vocals really
1: fit. Uh, Dre's style at that time especially for what he was going for on the Compton album because when I think pack I think really smooth I think charisma and I don't know if that really matched with those instrumentals Uh, it definitely was a good thing to get him a little bit of uh, recognition for that for that project but I don't know if it really uh, mashed up very well which is strange to say because now it's almost the reverse where it's a pack album with Dre producing it but I think it worked a lot better in that setting
0: Yeah, Um, he has two albums before this one so today we're going to be reviewing his brand new album that came out a couple of weeks ago called Oxnard when I first heard him on the Compton record Dre's Compton record um, I went back and listened to his first Project Venice, I found that was okay Um, nothing crazy and then um, when Malibu came out back in 2016. Uh, that was definitely one of my favorite albums of that year. For sure. Um, you know, our, our, our name, we're both teachers, we're both coaches, uh, but we also love turntables. We both have a turntable. So for me, um, I got this album, one of my first albums I bought on vinyl when I started collecting records a couple years back, and I still enjoy this album to this day. It's one of my favorite albums I've heard in probably the last five years. Oh, and absolutely. I really fe- and I really feel like it's where he found his footing uh, for his sound. And I mean, you mentioned that vinyl album. I think that was actually one of the
1: first things we kind of connected on of saying, like, you have that vinyl, I have that vinyl. And yep. it was kind of everything snowballs from there. Like I said, I, I first was introduced to him through Compton, but I can't really say that was my true introduction because I didn't remember him. I didn't really attach the name to the sound or anything. Yeah. My first real time hearing him was actually through the NPR Tiny Desk concerts. Um, and just kind of being amazed that he was sitting there playing drums while giving vocals and it all sounded so charismatic and great So that made me go back and check out Malibu, which then made me go back and check out Venice So I kind of got a really good introduction by getting to hear Malibu after it was released in its entirety with completely fresh ears And then it was like I went back and was like, oh, that's that guy from Compton, right? And it suddenly had all of that come rushing back to my memory uh, that that album was easily one of my favorite albums of Same. the year. I've gone back and re-listened to it, even probably yesterday the day before. Yep. It'll be something I see myself listening to pretty much into the future.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, so this new record here, um, Oxnard. So very highly anticipated. Earlier in the year, he released a couple of singles, including Bubbling, which I think we both agreed... Um, fantastic. Fantastic. One of his best rap songs mm-hmm. I think he's ever dropped, so uh, not on here, but... Um, kind of a teaser into where the kind of the direction he was going I was really disappointed actually that it didn't make the cut I mean I I don't want to
1: spend too much time talking about that because we do want to keep it to the songs that are on this album but I really was looking forward to that song coming out and hopefully getting some more airtime. but I'm perfectly happy getting it the way that we got
0: it yep agreed Alright, so first off with Oxnard, um, talk about the production, typical pop rap and neo soul grooves that you normally would hear from Anderson, but I think he definitely put a little bit of a twist and a little more of an edge to some of these tracks here. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit as we go through the tracks.
1: Well, You can definitely hear Dre's influence kind of come out really strong on a couple of them. And you can tell that the two of them were in the booth collaborating with each other. And Pac was really keeping his signature sounds while Dre was kind of incorporating things you would expect out of a Dre production. like Especially some of the the percussion samples. But we can get to that when uh, each song comes up.
0: Okay, so for me, we'll start off with uh, The Chase. That's the first track here. I think it sounds super uh, cinematic here. Uh, that flute in the back sort of reminds me of like almost uh, an Anchorman or even like a Tar- Quentin Tarantino movie, especially like Jackie Brown. Like I really felt like it would be like, oh, totally perfect on that kind of track. Or that's type of music, excuse me. Movie. I'm sorry. Oh
1: my God. And right when I heard it, it was basically the same thing for me. I thought spy movie, and actually, specifically the flute made me think uh, going to like my nerdy side. Naruto is a very Naruto sounding, <laughs> sounding flute. almost like an anime sort. of Exactly. Yeah, like you're did. about to yeah. see the fight happen.
0: Like it yeah. isn't
1: going down yet, but it's kind of that calm before the storm.
0: Yep. Um, I thought Pack brought really great flow here, um, Cody. I don't know uh, how you feel about it, but uh, I, I love the chaotic sort of beat here. Great backing vocals and chorus from Mm -hmm. Pac. Uh, I thought it was just overall a super entertaining uh, introduction to this album. Not overly lyrical um, at all. There's a couple nice lines here that I won't really get into for time's sake, but... um and that's But that's kind of a theme for me through this album. Uh, the biggest crutch, I think, is the lyrical component. And I'll get to that a little bit later towards yeah, the we'll end. Yeah, we'll see that
1: coming up a lot.
0: But um, I thought sonically this was a super great opening, and um, I was excited going forward after the, you know, especially the first listen. Okay, I, like, All right. I thought it hit the ground running, and <laughs> exactly. let's see it what happens. it Set sets the tone. It sets the tone
1: very well. Um, I, I don't know, I liked the beat a lot, too. I'm a big sucker for vocal samples, vocal harmonies. Any kind of vocal sample or piano samples, I'm probably going to be into it. You're going to hear this a lot throughout this album. So that was something I was a big fan of. Uh, again, the lyrics weren't all the way there, but it wasn't really necessary. It was just kind of getting you into the uh, feel of the album,
0: I yep. guess. So the next we'll go. That goes into the next track, which is called Headlow. This is a super smooth cut. I thought the instrumental here was pretty nice. The story is pretty funny and enjoyable. You know. It's yeah, a little, little sexual. You can kind of check it out yourself and, and, and see it. We won't ruin the story <laughs> we'll for really you if you it. haven't heard it before. but nope. yeah. Um, for me, instrumentally, the favorite, my favorite part of this track was the guitar here. Um, mm-hmm. I love that guitar line. The hook is pretty nice too. I, I thought it was, you know, smooth and it was definitely uh, soulful. There's some pretty nice strings and keys in the back. Well, I caught really, really strong,
1: like, early 90s, almost like a Snoop vibe off of this song. And, and, I I mean, definitely the the story of the song kind of contributes to that, too, because it's something I could easily see Snoop rapping about, too. Yeah, I agree. But I think just even from the beat sound and everything, too, it was really kind of kicking it back to, like, the old-school West
0: Coast-style Cars and Risers and those-style beats. Yeah, and then, obviously, it has a a skit at the very end of this. Again, we won't completely spoil it for you, but, uh, you know... Typical Dre for that kind of skit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can you can really hear the Dre influence come out at
1: the end of that one. It's definitely something that you've uh, you've heard before from him. Probably yep. gonna expect forever onwards. If if Dre ever stops doing skits like this, then he stops being Dre.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So the third track here is Tints. This is the only track mm. I heard um, before the actual release of the album, and this was the first single. Uh, it features Kendrick Lamar on this one. I listen, for me here, I liked this track a lot when it came out. Um, I wasn't over, like, over the moon about it, mm-hmm. um, but I like the song a lot more now that it's in the context of the album. I think it has by far one of the best groove lines on the on the Absolutely. album. That made me basically think about uh, the song
1: Come Down off of Malibu. Yes. I, not necessarily a similar sounding bass line, but definitely a song that the bass line is its defining characteristic and something that when you think about it, that's one of the first things you think of. Agreed. Um, um, I, I loved that. I loved the clap track in the background, which I never find myself saying, but this is one of the few times I actually was a fan of hearing that clap through the whole song.
0: Kendrick does his thing here. Um, I thought he had a nice verse. Absolutely. Um, you know, not again, nothing like amazing from Kendrick, but definitely like a really solid Kendrick verse. I don't know when Kendrick ever does a bad verse. <laughs> That's true. Which, yeah. Overall, the subject matter too. Uh, this is becoming again, a, a recurring theme here for this project for me. Um, it's a great groovy, like a, he's, he's sort of flexing here a bit about, you know, uh, how famous he is, but not getting enough privacy for that fame. Again, not, not super relatable for the, um, average listener. For the know? average listener, exactly. <clears throat> um, nothing here super lyrical, but the vibe's cool. I like yeah. the track. Like I said, Kendrick does his thing. Solid.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this this actually is probably one of my favorite tracks off of the album just because of the listenability. I've gone back and re-listened to this song a bunch of times since it came out. Even when it came out as a single, I kind of could tell that it was really up my alley as far as what I like in terms of like the sound of songs and in beats huge fan of the spacey high synths um, oh yeah those are fantastic and there's a staccato guitar uh, that's going on in the background too that usually you're used to kind of hearing like the chords just being strummed out or like a regular guitar lick so i really liked the change in style with that the synths gave it a really old school sound which is one of the reasons why i liked the track so much uh, almost kind of like a flock of seagulls-esque uh, synth vibe i don't know if that's super uh, relatable to anybody else but that's kind of what i caught out of it but again like you said the lyrics were a little minimal it's more of like a vibe song you throw it on in your car you throw the windows down and yeah i think that's kind of cruise to it
0: yeah i think that's the biggest problem i think with again this album but again we'll go a little further into that after uh the next track who are you i thought this is one of his better rapped tracks this one and another one we'll get to in just a second was one of his better rap tracks on here i love the awesome uh Bass line. I think it's fantastic mm-hmm. here. Another great bass line from, from Anderson uh, and Dre's production team. Some awesome synths here. Really just like a bumps in the whip type track. Yeah. Um,
1: and you can really hear the Dre production uh, kind of or influence come out, especially with like the kind of futuristic robotic style beat where you can hear the toms kind of descending yeah. in pitch as you're hitting. And it's not just one drum that's being hit. You actually each have pitches to them and it's getting pitched down as it's going through it, yeah which gives it like a kind of all over the place feel.
0: Yeah. I like this track. Not one of my favorites here, but I thought in terms of Anderson's uh, rap aesthetic, I think he does a nice job. Absolutely. Um, this seems he like flows really well on this track.
1: I agree absolutely. This seems like one of the first songs on here he's really trying to demonstrate the rapping ability. It's not just the singer anymore. Now this is him showing, "Hey, I can throw together a verse." And I'm gonna have some different flow schemes. Sounded a little similar to "Bubbling" at certain points, at least I for the flow schemes. The same thing. And it's it's really nice because "Bubbling" one of my favorite songs by him. So Agreed, I was too. disappointed it wasn't on the album, but this is almost kind of like the next best thing. Of, if you're not gonna give me "Bubbling," at least give me the "Bubbling" flow schemes.
0: Yep. So this would basically kind of finishes out the first leg of the of the album. Again, I'm not overly impressed here yet until we Agreed. get to Six Summers. Which is one of my favorite tracks here by far. Mm -hmm. Um, Not even close. And this is where, for me, he finally gets some kind of, we get some kind of lyrical substance from him. Yeah. I think the, first off, with the instrumentation here, I think it's amazing. Uh, I love the drums. I love the guitar line. The bass line here is fantastic. The synth really adds uh, dimension to that first verse for me. And uh, this is where I think his charisma is at a peak, from from the album so far absolutely
1: because what you were saying with the beat I'm a huge fan of how they kind of bring in all of the instruments not completely independently I know that it starts off with the bass and with the drums kind of at the same time but it's not one of those songs where everything kind of comes at you. They're introducing it piece by piece, and I think that kind of builds to the aesthetic of the song.
0: Yeah. Ly- um, lyrically, uh, this is, again, I think his best song. Oh, absolutely. I think by absolutely, far. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the Trump Loves Child line. Hysteric. Absolutely kills me. Absolutely kills hilarious. Me, man. The fact that's
1: um, the first line in the song, too, it just kind of sets it off right on the right note.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love the line, too, where he says... Uh, there's money to this uh, money to be made in the, in a killing spree. That's why he's trying to start a war in his Twitter feed. Someone take this man's phone. Take these AKs out the streets. So I think mm-hmm. his social commentary here is like was has been needed so far in this album, and we finally get a little bit of it.
1: It's something that. Uh, I think we were in agreement on it. it was a little lacking in the first few songs where it was made up for in vibe and in kind of like rapping showcasing but it, there wasn't really much there in the way of lyrics and that line that you just brought up um, was actually really interesting because it reminded me of one of my favorite lines from another rapper uh, Aesop Rock the rhymesayer sayer the end of his song none shall pass says that's not a riot that's a feast let's eat so I, it's just kind of touching on the same thing of Like all these things going on that really cause a lot of drama, a lot of the times are used to turn profits for people. And it's kind of nice to finally have Anderson Pack breaching into that social commentary realm.
0: Yeah, and I think the beat switch here is really nice too, kind of going back to the instrumental. Um, It's really more lo-fi than the first part of the beat. I agree. But in terms of the actual beat switch itself, um, it really kind of sort of highlights Anderson's lyrics here, which are, again, fantastic. So Mm -hmm. I, I think this is definitely one of his best lyrical tracks for sure. I I agree. And a a, a huge highlight for me.
1: There's almost no doubt about that. It's it's one of my highlights as well. I love this song. The beat change is something that I I think was done super tastefully. There were a lot of beat changes on this album. We'll talk about them. This one was probably my favorite of all of them. Me too. Mostly because of how they added the second beat in where the bass line comes in first and the notes that it's kind of playing around all add a lot of tension. Uh, But then the piano chords that come in right afterwards, the chord choice really relieves the tension from those kind of strange-sounding bass notes. And then right after that, the percussion comes in, ties everything together, starts getting you nodding your head, and it just kind of brings in that really lo-fi, like you
0: mentioned, uh, vibes. And Anderson's flow over it was perfect for the way that that beat changed. I I completely agree, Cody, for sure. The next track here um, is Savior's Road, and again, I think this is one of his better rap tracks on the whole project. Mm-hmm. Um, the song itself, uh, it's a little bare bones just in terms of the structure and the substance. It was actually a little short for me. I thought it kind of ended a little too abruptly. Very quick. I love the acoustic guitar here in the background uh, samples, and especially when the bass line comes in. And Anderson just, I feel like, rides this beat so smoothly Perfectly. so well.
1: I mean, that's something that we probably shouldn't have to say every time, because that's where he makes his bread and butter, really. It's You can hear his charisma. You can hear the fun he's having rapping over it. It always kind of fits the the thing that was interesting for me in this track was uh like you mentioned the the lo-fi sounding guitar that came in i really wanted to figure out what it was from so i did a little research i found out that it's this uh nigerian artist julie coker i might be pronouncing that wrong i'm sorry if i am um the name of the song is erayon definitely pronounced that wrong too it's from back in 76 and i don't i think it just definitely adds to a very atmospheric feel to the song. And especially with it being that old of a release, it kind of gives it that rustic and nostalgic
0: sound to it too. Yeah. So overall, I thought this was a pretty nice track in terms of his flow and his rapping abilities. But Mm -hmm. for me, it's a little bit lackluster in the actual overall fleshed out idea and structure of the song. Just for me personally. Absolutely. It
1: seems more like just like kind of the chill, laid-back track that's in the middle of the album. You can get through it. It's nice to
0: listen to. It's not really something you have to go back and listen to, though. Yeah, But for me, I think this is where the album, this middle leg, I think this is where it's starting to pick up a bit. Absolutely. Um And another highlight for me was on uh, the next track, uh, Smile Petty, mm-hmm. uh, with another great beat switch we'll talk about in just a second. But I thought uh, originally, I think it had a nice throwback neo soul vibe and almost funky yeah very funky it almost sounded uh like the first half it could have been on like uh Gambino's Awaken My Love or like at least influence from that uh, I really and that was an album that I loved last year so I, I really liked that a lot I love Petty I think that's my sec I think the second half of this track is my favorite I think it has that classic Dre beat uh Anderson's choppy vocals sound really nice over that mm-hmm. uh, I think it's super catchy which is a nice good west coast vibe on the second uh, leg of this track The Beat Switch, uh, I know we talked about the Six Summers Beat Switch being one of your favorites. Yeah. This track might be one of my favorite Beat Switches. And uh, I think that was a great moment on the album.
1: Oh, I I agree. Like, the way that they kind of bring the bass right up into your face after the beat change is something that a lot of people need to start doing more because I feel like bass is kind of almost seen as, like, less important compared to other uh, instruments. And I don't feel this way, but I just kind of am mimicking what I've heard other people say, of like bassists and bass lines in general. So it was nice to have a song that was really kind of driven by that. Yep. There were vocal harmonies in it that sounded super eerie, which makes me think that they're not using a traditional like fifth harmony type uh, type setting or, or type notes. I'm not sure what it is. I don't want to get into music theory too deeply. But whatever it is that they chose for the harmonies were very eerie sounding. And I like that because it gives a strange atmosphere to the song. And you can totally hear Dre's influence in the hook of it. It's, it's, it's a
0: super West Coast
1: style song.
0: So I think we're both in agreement there. One of the best tracks here. Yeah, yeah I yeah, I, yeah, I like that. I, album a lot. I, I feel the same way. Um, the next track, uh, Mansa Musa. So this is like getting towards the back end of the middle leg here of the album. Mm-hmm. Not a bad track, Cody. I liked it for the for the moment of the actual hook. I think it's really like in your face. Um, I, th- I think it's pretty dope. I, I like it. I think Dre's got a nice verse. That's well, pretty much what you would expect out of Dre. Yeah. It was, it was
1: pretty much your run of the mill Dre verse.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing crazy, but I liked it. Uh, to be honest with you, I think the highlight here is Coco Sansi. Yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, she's a female rapper. I had never heard her until, to, until uh, this album. I think she's the highlight here believe it or not. She
1: did really well. She did really well, and I've kind of been on a big female rapper kick lately with different artists like Rhapsody, No Name, uh, Snow the Product, Sampa the Great. If you've never heard of any of them before, definitely go and check them out. They're all pretty good stuff. Um, Yeah, I I feel like she fit the beat really well. We already mentioned Dre did his thing as usual. This actually is one of the first times I think we not necessarily disagree but aren't in full agreement where this is actually was a one of my favorite songs. Uh, I wouldn't say in like a top three but this was one of my more enjoyable cuts mostly because of Anderson Pax verse and I shouldn't be that specific because there's one specific line where he hits a really nice flow on uh, don't nobody roll on a Rolls Royce where we from and I just love the way like the repeated nice R um, alliteration right there I mean it even makes it hard for me to say it and I'm not even trying to rap right now so I can appreciate that. And he actually throws in a, uh, a Dave Chappelle quote in there at some point, too, of uh, they should have never given you money, uh, which is from the Charlie Murphy episode. And I, I definitely huge fan of people trying to incorporate some Dave Chappelle in their work, you know.
0: Yeah, um, again, not a bad track for me, but it was a little bit lackluster in ter- for me just in terms of the actual album itself, my enjoyability. I didn't find myself coming back to this track a lot yeah. on, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth. Listens where I'm kind of at this point picking out my favorite tracks and the ones I'm going to obviously come back to. So for me, not one I personally would have came back to, um, but going into the next track is probably my favorite track here, and it's not even close. Definitely, definitely would be hard
1: to argue otherwise. Uh,
0: Brothers Keeper, uh, with Pusha T. So the guitar chord mixed with the live drums in the back on this song when right when it comes in is absolutely for me like incredible. And then the synth uh, drop is absolute epic. I mean, this is just a vibe.
1: Well, I think this is like a really good example people should use of how to properly use a drop in your music. You don't need it to be big, like thunderous bass right in your face. You don't need to have it start with quarter note uh, snares into eighth note into sixteenth notes and then it cuts out. You can make a really organic and natural sounding beat drop just by having a good instrumentation and using it tastefully. And this, I think, is a really shining example of that being done.
0: Um, and I, 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 to me, I think Pusha T has the best feature on the whole album. Mm-hmm. I, I think his verse is unbelievable. He sounds a little different. He sounds a little Very more restrained, a str- little more restrained, a little more stripped back, less aggressive. But he's rapping with such a purpose as he always does. Mm-hmm. Um, the Underground King Jason Derulo line, uh, still an oh, underground, yeah. yeah, still an underground king. But the money's Jason Derulo. Highlight for me on the entire project. I thought his verse had so many quotables. Beat Switch was an, uh, had a nice, groovy sort of backing here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan... Now, of course, this is my favorite track here, but I don't know if I love this Beat Switch as much as the others. Um, I thought it was a little bit underwhelming in comparison with the first leg of this track, and especially maybe it was because Push It just flat out stole the show. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, we've also heard so
1: many beat changes at this point that it almost starts to get overplayed because you can only really do it so many times and have that shock value still ring true uh, as far as like this whole track as a whole goes i think it is one of my favorites on here pusha kind of gives off that vibe of like the parent who's like lecturing you but has already come down from being angry and now they're just like stern and they mean what they say so it almost makes Agreed. it even more powerful cuz you can tell like every single word has a place He's talking about how he's still rhyming about what everybody knows he's rhyming about, but that's what his foundation is, and it's really hard to leave that. And the the, the beat change afterwards was really, really smooth. I just don't know if I fully agree with that choice. Um, like we've said a couple times now, the beat changes are a little overused. I did like the, the guitar chord progression, though. The, the chord progression they chose after the beat change was really, really nice sounding. I just almost would have rather preferred it maybe being before some of these other beat changes, just so it's not getting repetitive.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I think we're both in agreement there. Highlight, for sure. So for me, uh, this highlight of Brothers Keeper is sort of stuck between these two underwhelming cuts. And Mm -hmm. that's just my, for me. Uh, The next track is uh, Anywhere with Snoop Dogg. West Coast, G-Funk vibe on here. Mm -hmm. Classic smoking track as you you would expect for Snoop. I think the singing on this hook is smooth and it's gorgeous. Uh, I just don't know if this is like a standout track for me i think it gets a little bit forgettable in the actual uh track listing i do prefer it to mansa Musa. i know we disagree on that a little bit yeah. um i think snoop brought a lot more to the table than dre did on his uh feature but uh this is a good track not a great jack yeah me. oh i agree
1: like dre's dre's feature like we mentioned in that song was just kind of a run in the middle dre feature and it's not like this is anything new out of Snoop. It's Snoop just vibing over a song like he does so well. But that's kind of the thing is the beat matched exactly what the rappers were doing on it. And I think that was the disconnect in Mansa Musa. It was a very hectic beat with kind of smooth deliveries. This was a smooth beat with smooth deliveries. So it just kind of matched up there it uh it got a little old at the end i i have to admit it was kind of corny but that's what you expect out of g funk snoop dog told us right at the right off the bat this is going to be some g funk stuff so mm-hmm. that's all we really should expect out of that song
0: yep. uh the next track here is uh trippy and we get into like really basically the last leg of this album this is the song is again like i said trippy uh with j cole i love the rodney danger feel sample on this hilarious. The, the beginning of this i think it's hilarious I think this is baby basically by far the smoothest cut here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Anderson has a nice, smooth, sensual delivery here. This is perfect for the ladies. Ladies, this is the track for you on here, in my opinion. Great, great cut. Basically just kind of talking about, you know, relationship troubles, you know, trying to meet his woman in the middle. Exactly. And I think he a little give and take. Yeah, a little give and take. And I think Anderson actually shows a lot of vulnerability here, more so than he does in a lot of these other tracks while still still keeping that same charisma. Absolutely. So I love that here. Cole's got a bit of a goofy verse. Um, yeah. I'm not sure it's my favorite Cole verse. It's certainly not one of my favorite Cole verses of the year. It's certainly not my favorite Cole verse from at me, all like these most recent projects. Yeah. Yep. Or Jid's album, which spoiler, we'll do that one coming next soon. Coming soon. soon. Yep. Next episode. But I thought, even though it was goofy, it sort of had a nice playful tone, which was a little had a nice juxtaposition to Anderson's a little more serious cadence here. Yeah. So it worked in in the context of the of the song. And I thought it was a good record. It just wasn't, you know, what I normally would expect from Cole, but that's okay. I, I still don't think it, don't think oh, it right, took away... I still away. enjoyed it, yeah. yeah I still definitely t- enjoyed it. I don't think it took anything away from the actual track and uh, from it being one of my favorites. Too. Yeah.
1: Well, and I, I think what keeps it from, end up like, having all these things getting taken away from it was that it's not really taking itself too seriously. Like, J. Cole isn't sitting there giving a verse trying to pretend like it's this deep, really, like, yeah. intricate verse... He's talking about reconnecting with somebody through Facebook, and I think he kind of treats it as it is, which is almost why it works. If yeah. he if he yeah. thought too much of himself, then the track would start getting really corny and cheesy and not relatable. But even even still, with it being a little corny, he's at least accepting it and acknowledging that and kind of working with that.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought this was a highlight it feel like you're here. Oh yeah, this was, here. this was a
1: good song. I could have done without the the last maybe 30 seconds or so with like the yeah. slow fade out. I think that's kind of overplayed. You can yeah. just end the song. It, it just like kind of took one instrument out of the mix at a time. So I guess that's a stylistic choice. That's just me personally not connecting with that. But no, this was, this was definitely one of the stronger cuts. Yep.
0: And then I think we get another really strong cut with uh, oh, Q-Tip which I'm a big trap called Quest Gus. This was nice to see Q-Tip here. The Absolutely. song is called Cheers. I love the Jazzy Neo soulful beat on this one. I think it's one of my favorite beats and her instrumentals on the entire project. I think the delivery from Anderson and Q-Tip is really catchy. I love Q-Tip's verse. I think it's nice. Uh, it almost has like a wedding vibe to it. Like you yeah, can like see it playing at a wedding. Yeah, like, like you can see it playing. I feel like for me when I heard this, I was like, oh, I can hear this like, like I said, at a wedding. Yeah. So I thought it was super cool. Um, love the track. Well, I'm a huge, huge fan of the fact that they used what sounds
1: like either uh, real drum like audio samples, or they actually did have someone go in and record some drums live, and that goes a huge way in giving it that neo-soul vibe like you were talking about, because yes. when you can hear real instrumentation, it's naturally going to make it kind of sound not dated, I don't want to use dated because that has a negative connotation, but it has just kind of that like rustic vibe to yeah. it, you know? Um, and especially with bringing someone like Q-Tip in, that's the type of beat that you would want to have it was an, it was nostalgic ex- yeah exactly so nostalgic, 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 nostalgic which yeah. I
0: liked a lot um, and then it goes into the final track which is again another really great track here again not one of my favorites but I really liked it uh, it's called Sweet Chick with BJ the Chicago Kid mm-hmm um,
1: can't say enough good things about his vocals he, oh my he God. always kills it with the falsetto vocals it's it's so nice to hear someone using that vocal style rather than like the Sam Smith belty style uh, that's been really popular lately i really love it so love him
0: bj if you're listening you're not but we need a we need a frigate and we need a project we need man. something
1: i want more music
0: spoiler alert he kills it on jids album too again we'll get there next week but yeah bj we need a we need a project for sure <laughs> it's he's killing it yeah so i thought his vocals really added a whole other dimension to this track he's you know anderson's basically just talking about his relations with a bunch of different women again the the lyrical content here is nothing outstanding not deep deep. i do like the vocal sample here i think it's bj's i it sounds like i'm not mistaken it sounds sounds like like it sounds like an original i couldn't figure bj yeah i couldn't figure out what sample was so i think it's just his vocals and the horn section on here is fantastic and i like the drums as well Mm -hmm. well i think one of the funniest things on this track was just uh the way he's talking about his exes where normally
1: you would expect them to kind of have this kind of negative of like oh they're crazy and all this other stuff. When's the last time on a rap song you've heard him say that he had a it's like a skater girlfriend who was like a gamer <laughs> and they're going to Comic Con and like watching anime. Yeah. That's that's definitely something new for me. I haven't really had that experience before. And it's almost relatable to me. So it's almost like finally like alright Anderson like yeah this is this is my type of, <laughs> it's my type of girl. I like He's it. talking about like cougars and just like crazy chicks. He's all over the place. So, so yeah
0: good track. Yeah good track definitely solid. And uh the last track here uh this this one's by far my least favorite i don't understand it oh, yeah, uh left a, to right Duh, for me the album ends it sweet chick I, yeah. I i try to get into this track i don't care much for the reggaeton sort of vibe he's going for yeah. I, I don't like it i think it's beyond skippable for me um i know i don't you think had, i'm gonna go back yeah. to it like
1: basically ever i i had an interesting thought of maybe he's trying to throw some kind of reference to wherever his family draws their roots from I didn't get a chance to really do much research to see where his, like, genetic lineage goes back to. Um, That's the only thing I can really guess here. I know I saw on Instagram Live with his family on Thanksgiving, they're all jamming out to this song. Like, really, really jamming out to this song. So, I don't know if they just personally like it. It makes me feel like maybe it's something for his family, but... Regardless of what his intent was, I don't think he like executed it well. Yeah,
0: either that or it's like a precursor for like his next project, maybe? Oh, I hope not. Me, me too. <laughs> me too. Because it just didn't... I think sequentially is my problem, biggest problem with this. It didn't fit the last leg of the project, which was a lot oh. more stripped back and soulful and then we get this upbeat ending and I don't really know where it fits or yeah. like why it I don't I just don't think it works for me personally the, the and songs it,
1: before this were all almost like stoner songs where you could imagine like someone like sitting back and really like vibing and chilling to the songs this one was just kind of out of left field yeah I mean, not to bad pun with the name of the song but like it was just it was out there
0: yeah and then uh, all right so best and worst tracks here um so overall so that's Anderson Pax, Oxnard My best tracks for this album, definitely Brothers Keeper, is a highlight. Um, Six Summers, Smile Petty, Trippy, and Cheers. Those are the five I think I'm gonna pull from this. That were absolutely my favorite. Uh, Worst tracks for me by far, left to right, Mansa Musa, just for being as forgettable as it is. Mm -hmm. And then I put Savior's Road as well, and it's not because of how it sounds. I just think it. I'm just wishing it was a little more fleshed out. The structure kind of doesn't hit me the way i want it to and it just falls a little bit to the wayside in terms of it being so short and not as fleshed out so that's the only reason why i have savior's road on that worst tracks line but um yeah how about you i i definitely agree
1: with you uh six summers and brothers keeper are two songs that i am a huge huge fan of off this track off this album Going to go back and listen to him a lot. Six Summers, can just I can't say enough about like the beat change. Same thing with Brothers Keeper, probably the best feature on the album. With Push Up. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And then my third song that I would probably say is a highlight for me is actually Tints, cause, just because that's the one I've listened to by far the most. I, I'll see myself going back and re-listening to Tints, well, probably almost daily or any time that I need a good pick-me-up. As far as the forgettable tracks, I mean, goes almost goes without saying left to right. Yep. I, I don't think I've listened to it again after that first or second playthrough and actually for me Headlow was uh was one of the low lights can see that uh not even for the sound of it if i could just kind of tune out the lyrics i would probably really enjoy the song every time i listen to it but at a certain point i can only really listen to a song about what it's about again i'll let you guys kind of Figure that out on your own, but I can only really listen to a song about that so many times before it's just a little off-putting, and even if the musicality of it is great, I just can't disconnect it from what it's about. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's probably my lowlights.
0: Uh, yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Okay, so with our album reviews, what we're going to do, since we're both teachers, Cody, we've, mm-hmm. we're going to rate the album on an A-plus to an F scale. Right. So um, that's how we'll do it. So, I'll go, so overall, um, I'm going to give it an A-minus. A low A-minus, though. Low a- probably, a- probably like a 90-91 out of 100. For me, I, I think uh, his charisma comes out on here tenfold, as it always does. And uh, it sounds like, like I said at the beginning, it sounds like a pack album, a little but much edgier than Malibu. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I enjoy this as much as Alibu. Um, but that, I would think that was a tough feat exactly. going he's, he's into this. It's hard to match that. really is. A um, couple hiccups here prevent this from really being like a masterpiece level. Uh, but there's no denying that this was pretty well produced throughout Um, With a couple of hiccups, like I said, in the production side. I think my biggest two gripes with this album are the lack of, like, a lot of powerful and interactive lyricism. And also the sequencing um, is a bit odd in in places. So, again, A-minus, low A-minus, though. Like, the ninety ninety one, I would say this is a fringe top ten album of the year for me. I don't know if it's going to make it. It'll probably end up being an honorable mention. But, um, yeah, if you're a fan of Anderson Pack, I recommend this. I think it's really great. I uh, don't think it's Malibu. Yeah. but it's good. My, I would say that
1: I'm kind of right in the same area as you for the grade. I'm thinking more into like the high B plus, maybe like an 87, 88 range. I'll, I'll stick with 88. That sounds like a pretty good one for me. Yeah, because it had a lot of really strong points to it, and it has a lot of tracks that I am going to be going back and listening to pretty frequently. But there was just enough of a disconnect on certain songs between the deliveries and the beats or just what they were trying to do like in Left to Right that kind of missed me that was really keeping it from being like an A, A A-plus album. It definitely ranks behind Malibu for me. I mean Malibu kind of fits my personal tastes a lot better too with like the very smooth samples and it's a lot more like jazz influenced. Uh, you mentioned that it had a lot more of like Dre's influence in it, and I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing, because I don't think that their styles are really super similar and have a lot of crossover. So he did a great job with the production. I just think that there are probably better options that will fit his sound more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it making a top ten. Uh, it definitely will be an honorable mention, because I did love this album, think it's some really good music, but I don't see it making top ten.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that as well. So, all right, once again, Anderson Pack. Oxnard, give it a listen. Give it's it a listen. Good. I think we both recommend it, even on that B plus fringe. I think we both really recommend it. Uh, speaking of recommendations, so we have a little homework for the viewers. So this is our next segment. Uh, we're going to just be quickly giving you guys some recommendations. Uh, so each week when we come out with an episode, uh, we're going to give you guys ten tracks, five from me and five from Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to try to give you guys as much of – a wide variety of different music as we possibly can. I want to throw a lot at absolutely.
1: you. want to throw a lot at you.
0: Absolutely. And these are just things that we're, uh, songs that we're listening to uh, that maybe you aren't listening to uh, or that sound similar to maybe artists that you like and that are a little bit deeper that are in guys you've never heard of. So we're going to really try to give you guys some different variety and different things. Uh, so I guess I'll start with my five mm. for this week. So, Cody, I uh, just recently, a couple weeks ago, with a friend, we, we went to go see Lewis the Child, uh, um, which is. He's like an EDM rap group. Um, no, excuse me, not rap. Uh, EDM uh, house music, excuse me. Great, great performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. What do you expect out of EDM type For shows? sure. There were two artists that actually went before that opened for Lewis the Child, and one of them uh, is a California artist called Nombe, and he has a song called Young Hearts that I'm really into right now. Uh, nice, electronic pop track uh, spacey falsetto vocals uh it's a nice strong hook with some nice keys and guitar riffs so if you're into like electronic edm music with a little bit more of a structural and lyrical vibe i would definitely check this one out um another artist that opened for loser child when i was there was i believe it's pronounced and if excuse me if i'm wrong um r lamar and this track is called frustrated um alternative neo soul with some really great synth chords uh very like frank ocean sort of um relatability here yeah. has that sort of um connection there so if you're a frank ocean fan definitely check this one out um the black eyed peas are back did you know that they're back the they're black back eyed peas are back i don't know how back they are <laughs> in a terms of they're a little bit back yeah. the album was eh at best for me I wouldn't normally recommend it. There is one track, though, on there that I would recommend big time for all you old-school hip-hop heads out there. The song is called Back to Hip-Hop, and it has Nas. Really great boom-bap instrumental in the background. Um, killer verse from Nas. All the Black Eyed Peas do the thing. They have nice charisma on the track. Definitely check it out if you're into old-school rap. Definitely a good one. Uh, Jaden Smith. Believe it or not, I'm gonna recommend the Jane Smith track I don't know if right I believe now. It. I don't know if I uh, believe it. Oh, it's true. He's got a new album out. Uh, it's called uh, the Cool Tapes, I believe, or it's a mixtape, if I'm not mistaken. Don't love the whole album, but there's one track, the first track that I love. It's called Soho. Uh, really smooth trap R&B song. It's got a really catchy vocal sample. Uh, very similar to like The Weekend or Travis Scott, or if you're into these guys, I would definitely check this track out. Uh, don't miss it. Great vibe. I love this track. Um, Lyrically, it sucks, but the vibe is great. As would be
1: expected, But
0: Yes. <laughs> and last but not least, there is a, a musical group. Um, they're an R&B group uh, called They, and they have a new song off their new EP called Broken with Jesse Reyes. Jesse was on uh, Eminem's last project. Two of the worst tracks on there, in my opinion, but on here, she freaking kills it. Really cool R&B crooned sort of cut between Jesse and uh, one of the artists with uh, sort of with they I don't know all of their names in total I have to kind of check them out and dig a little bit deeper with them but this song is fantastic it's kind of about a struggled relationship it's got a really catchy guitar line Um, if you're having relationship troubles or you want to get in your feels this is one of those tracks to do it this is the one great great cut here huge fan Alright, so for my recommendations for this week, my
1: first one for you guys is going to be a uh, Philadelphia rapper. Her name is Tierra Whack. I don't really have any individual song because the project that she released earlier this year is 15 songs each one minute long. So definitely not a very long listen. So I'm just going to recommend go listen to that whole thing. If you have the opportunity to, there's a music video that goes along with it. Highly recommend that. She jumps from style to style, genre to genre. There's some, like, banger-style songs on here. There's one where she almost has, like, a weird redneck southern accent on. It's, it's really hard to describe. I would just go and check it out. I don't want to talk about it too much. Just, it's, it's an experience. Next up, I have a funk, soul, pop, jazz, R&B group called Ripe. They're out of Boston Mass, the Berkeley grads song i would check out by them is called goon squad it's off their first uh, four song ep called hey hello they also have a full-length album called join the wild unknown uh my big draw to these guys is they have a great use of their really talented horn section i've seen them live four or five times and every time has been better than the last if you're gonna plan on going seeing them put on your dancing shoes you're gonna be moving through the whole night whether or not you want to they're gonna basically make sure that you do so yeah goon squad by ripe check that out the third song I got for you guys is uh, a little kind of out there. Um, this is kind of going back to my rock roots, but it's a uh, instrumental, pro- kind of progressive, math rocky group, uh, Polyphia. They're out of uh, Texas and they have a new album called New Levels, New Devils. I had first heard them a while ago with their project Muse, but every song on there kind of sounded the same, sounded like it was in a similar key. But if you like uh, instrumental rock groups like Chon, Scale the Summit, uh, Strawberry Girls, people like that, you'll probably really like this. I would check out the song OD. That's, uh, I think, my favorite off of that album. Um, New York rapper Aesop Rock, my man, probably my favorite rapper, kind of got me into hip-hop in the first place. He released a new song recently. Um, It's under the name Malibu Ken. It's him with uh, the producer Tobacco. The name of the song is Acid King. Not too much to say about this track. Aside from, it's just a really strange story about a New York like legend, I guess, of this kid, Ricky Casso, mixed up into like some bad stuff, drugs and all that. Really crazy things happen. Something goes down in the woods. I won't ruin the surprise of the story for you, but uh, yeah, it's I guess a very well known New York legend being retold by uh, another New York legend rapper. And the last song I have for you guys is actually kind of perfect to close things up with. Uh, it's an Anderson Paak song that you may or may not have heard before. It's called "Glowed Up." It was a little uh, joint that him and Kaytranada put out, I think, a couple years ago. Actually, uh, love the production on it. Love the beat. Love the raps. There was actually a few parts of the Oxnard album
0: that kind of reflected the "Glowed Up" flows. So I would definitely go and check that song out. All right, and that concludes our first episode here at Turntable Teachers. Uh, if you guys want to follow us on social media, you can follow up our Instagram page at uh, Turntable Teachers. We will be posting uh, pictures of albums that we will be reviewing, where you guys can also comment your opinions on these songs. Um, also, in the description links, there we will give our Spotify and Apple playlists. Playlist. Yes, sir. Those will be there for you. And then, of course, along with the social media, if you guys want to comment or DM us if you want to see any recommendations or if you are interested in seeing any other content, uh, it'll all be there for you there. I think the root of this is just the love of music. So anything you got for us, send
1: it our way. So until next time, guys, class is dismissed.